Welcome to the Living to Thrive with Cancer podcast, a podcast about the big and little issues that come with living with cancer. I'm Catherine White, a stage four colon cancer thriver, passionate about supporting others who have faced a cancer diagnosis and are looking to feel empowered in taking back control of their health and happiness. My own health scare helped me to learn more about myself and how to live with cancer, and it led me to become a cancer support coach so I can help others through the ins and outs, the ups and downs, and all the crazy things that come with life with cancer. So let's get started. Welcome to episode 2.0, the first episode of a new season of the Thrive with Cancer podcast. In today's episode, I am continuing the series around ways to live with cancer in an exceptional way. I just want to remind you that you don't have to do or be all of the concepts that I'm going to be discussing. Even just embracing a few of these qualities can make a difference. In today's episode on being part of the process, we will take a look at how being an active participant and taking initiative in your healing can support you and you, the person living with cancer, and how and why you need to be a part of your cancer treatment plan and process both inside and outside of the doctor's office. Before we begin, I'd like to personally invite you to my newest online workshop. On Wednesday, January the 4th at 12 p.m. Eastern, I'm hosting Strategies for Living with Cancer, How to Love Your Life Outside the Doctor's Office. This workshop is a one-hour look at what you can do to live your everyday life, the life the medical world doesn't tell you about when they give you your diagnosis. I'm going to be talking about making sure your basic fundamental needs are met, how you can do that, and why this is important in your life with cancer. You deserve to enjoy your life even when you're living with cancer, and there are so many things that you can do to support yourself as you move through the process. I want to share some of them with you. So mark Wednesday, January 4th, that's tomorrow, at 12 p.m. Eastern on your calendar and head to the show notes to grab the link or you can find the link in my Instagram bio at Catherine White Cancer Coach. All right, let's get started. As you know, I love to use the term cancer thriver. I rarely refer to you or myself as a cancer patient. There's always just been something about that that didn't resonate with me. So when I was reading the book Radical Remission and I came across the definition of patient, I knew I was on the right track. The word patient comes from the Latin pati, which means both to suffer and to allow or submit. This is just so interesting to allow or submit. I wholeheartedly believe that your doctors don't want you to suffer, but I find that part about allowing and submitting really interesting. In Radical Remission, Kelly A. Turner looks at this concept from the idea of not being the passive good patient that just does everything that they're told, but instead being the what she calls annoying patient who questions everything. This is for the purpose of advocating for yourself and being part of the decisions around your treatment. It's not about being a problem. It's about being part of the solution, but in a way where you are looking deeper into what is being asked of you or what you're being told to do. I, on the other hand, want to look at this idea of to suffer and to allow or submit from a different angle. I want to talk to you about how you can be the thriver who takes control of their health from the perspective of your daily life. What and how you choose as your interaction with your medical team is totally up to you. This is about how you choose to live your everyday life. 
Now, one of my goals in working with cancer thrivers is to show them that they can break the mold of what people with cancer look like. And I've mentioned in previous episodes this whole media-driven picture of cancer patients and how they look and how they act. This, this picture that's painted of us that isn't necessarily real. I want my clients to break that mold. I want them to listen to their instincts and do things that challenge the stereotype of cancer. On the whole, people don't listen to their instincts anymore. We really rely on outside sources to guide us, other people's opinions to help us make our decisions. And honestly, I think the fear of making the wrong choice, which then holds us back. Now, in recent years, we've become acutely aware of how the media can spin stories, which in turn can create a narrative that isn't founded in the truth. And I'm not going to go all political here. I'm just saying that it's really important to do some research before you make decisions and jump to conclusions. You need to know your sources. You need to know where you're getting your information from and who is behind that information and honestly what their intention is. So this is why I tend to discourage internet searches. Now, that's not to say you shouldn't be involved in knowing what's going on in your health. The thing is, it's just there's a lot of rabbit holes, right? There's lots of rabbit holes that you can fall down and end up spending hours searching and searching and searching. And there's just, there's so much misinformation and differing perspectives on pretty much everything out there. So I guess it's just a caution of like, just be careful what you get into and how far down the rabbit hole you go and and know your sources. Because I have learned over the years in doing my own research that sometimes if you follow the money, there's big corporations that are behind the information that's being put out there and it's not always in your best interest just something for you to be aware of. Now back to how you live your everyday life, because that's what we're here for. I want to start with this concept that your body is designed to heal itself. This means that you have an active role in your health building. The doctors are going to do what they do best, but you can also do what is best for you. And this starts with making some fundamental choices that really are at the root of being part of the process. And that's about what you put in your body, what you do with your body, how you choose to think, and how you view yourself. So we're going to get into each of those pieces. So as I said, your body wants to heal itself. You can be a very active participant in this because this is actually the easy stuff. What you put in your body matters. You know that I am all about nutrition. If you've listened to me before, you know that I am all about what you put in your body. So I'm just going to give you a couple of pieces here around that. Starting with drink water, not sugary colored drinks. Your cells need water, your brain needs water, and your organs need water. Good hydration helps flush toxins out of the body and reduce treatment side effects such as nausea, weakness, constipation, and fatigue. Do I need to say any more than that? Those are things that we need to have happening so that our bodies can heal. We also need to be eating health-building foods. You need to ditch the fast food, the highly processed foods, the chemical-filled foods. They're not health-building. Instead, I encourage you to eat whole foods that are full of nutrients. It's that simple. Whole foods that are full of nutrients. Your body isn't going to heal from crappy food. 
And that's just the bottom line. When I asked what I should be eating when I was in treatment, I was told that I could eat whatever I wanted. This is not a good enough answer for me. And it isn't a good enough answer for you. People with cancer deserve better than just do whatever works for you or whatever you think is right for you. We need some guidance and some support in areas that we aren't familiar with. So for example, when I was in the hospital for my lung surgery, I had my husband bring me my food. I wanted green food. I wanted natural food. I wanted green juices. I wanted health building food so that I could be part of the healing process that was happening in my lung. And hospital food was not an option for me. My health, my choice. Your health, your choice. Next is about moving your body. If you listened to episode 1.21, I interviewed Coral Levkovitz and she shared information about research that she was involved in around exercise and breast cancer patients. I want you to think about going back and listening to what she shares. It's so interesting and super helpful if you aren't sure about physical activity when you have cancer. So I'll link that um, episode in the show notes so that you can find it. So When it comes to movement, this is where your instincts can really guide you. Like, what do you feel like doing? Do you want to move gently? Do you want to move slowly? Do you want to be in water? Do you want to be on land? Do you, like, what do you feel like doing? And then what do you feel you can do? So maybe you want to climb a mountain, but that's not realistic. But maybe walking around the block is something that you feel you can do, or even a short jog. Like there are things that you can do, but you need to be thinking about what do I feel like doing and what do I feel I can do? And then what are options for you when you aren't feeling super energetic? You can still move. You don't have to be running marathons. And I invite you to think about this movement piece because movement is, again, one of those things that's going to help to flush out toxins. It's going to get your guts moving. And as an added bonus, it's going to support your mental health. It's going to help you to feel healthier and happier because of the um, dopamine and the oxytocin that you're going to bring and it'll help with your serotonin uptake, all those good healthy hormones, and it's going to reduce your cortisol, which is your stress hormone. Movement helps your mental health. Now, most of my movement when I was going through treatment and post-surgery involved walking. In fact, I love this part. Walking became my signature hospital exit. I have had five surgeries. Right from the first surgery, my colon resection, I knew that when I left the hospital, I was not taking a wheelchair. Nobody was going to push me out of that hospital. I didn't care how long it took me to get to the front doors. I was walking out those doors with my husband's support and maybe a wall here or there. But I decided that I was going to walk. And every time they offered me a ride, and every time I said no. And then when I got home, I also walked. Now, the block in our neighborhood where we are is about 250 meters around. So that was a really good starting point for me. And then gradually, I increased until I was able to take longer walks. So you can see that even just walking is movement. And even just walking as much as I felt that I could was movement which was really important. And I was getting outside at a time where I could have just stayed in the house and hid, but I knew I needed to get out. And then sometimes I did some yoga also, some very gentle, very slow yoga. In fact, 
It was when I was in yoga teacher training that I found out that I had the metastases in my right lung. The weekend before my graduation, I had my lung surgery that was supposed to be laparoscopic, but ended up being the full meal deal. So now I have this nice big scar on my back because they just couldn't do it the way that they wanted to. But no big deal. I love my scar. It's, it saved my life. I'm all good with it. So when I was getting released from the hospital, I asked my surgeon about returning to yoga because I was in teacher training and he said, maybe no downward facing dogs and handstands. So I took that as a yes. And a week after my surgery, I was back in training and I even taught a class, which was the requirement of my certification, totally nailed it and graduated. And that was good for my self-esteem. That was good for me feeling good about myself post-surgery when I could have gone down that slippery slope of feeling sorry for myself or saying, I can't do this now because I have this surgical wound on my back. I just, I just did what I could. I decided that I needed movement to be part of my healing process. And this is a key part of how you get to choose how you live your life outside the doctor's office. Now, I do need to say that depending on what you have been through in terms of surgeries and treatments, there may be some activities that you should do, should not do, or cannot do. I suppose should do or should not do, can do or cannot do. And those are things that you want to be asking about because it's really important that you're not doing anything that's going to impact your healing process or interfere in your healing process. So find something else that you can do. If the thing you really want to do, you just can't do, it's not part of your healing process, find something else. This is a great opportunity to learn something new and to step outside what old you would have done and try a new version of yourself on. And we're going to talk more about that in another episode. Being part of the process of your healthcare also includes how you choose to think. Your thoughts are very powerful. They're going to tell you to sit yourself down on the sofa and be passive because moving your body is hard or it's too much or you're going to get tired. That's what your brain's going to tell you. Your thoughts are going to tell you to just do what everyone tells you to do because suddenly everyone else knows what you need more than you do. And your thoughts are going to keep you in fight or flight mode. This is how the brain keeps you safe. It wants to protect you. So it keeps creating these thoughts and stress so that you're hypervigilant and so that you decide to play it safe instead of doing the work to support your healing. It's kind of counterintuitive that your brain is actually trying to stop you, but it's really, it loves you so much. It's just trying to protect you and we have to do the workaround on that. In my coaching, my clients are often surprised by the thoughts that they're having that they didn't even know they were having. But once they become aware of them, then they can make choices that they want to make. And this comes back to the idea of allowing or submitting. It is totally possible to create the thoughts you want to have about yourself and about what you want. Because this is your life with cancer. You should get to be in control of the parts that you can. So let's go back for a second to the story of my yoga teacher training. I could not have, I could have not gone back. I could have just decided, nope, I'm not going back and then not graduated and not have received the certification after all the work that I put in. Or I could have gone and sat passively watching everyone else and not teaching my class. But I didn't. I decided that I was going to go back. I was going to finish and I was going to graduate. Now, I did listen to my instincts 
which is kind of what we're talking about here, right? When I was tired, I rested, like lay down on my mat and have a nap rested. And when I needed food, I had a snack. And when I wanted to be alone, I found a quiet place. I allowed myself the permission to make those decisions based on what I needed in that moment. My point is, is that I decided that I was going to do what I could, that I was going to use my ability to be part of the process to empower myself and also nurture myself. And this was so good for my body, my mind, and my spirit. And finally, I want to come back to that idea of the mold of the cancer patient that's been created that we are supposed to fall into. This is about how you view yourself, how you see yourself in the process. So maybe you've always been a passive person, the recipient of others' opinions, and you just follow along. Just ask yourself this, is this how you want to move through cancer? Do you just want to be told what to do and do it? If that's what you want, then great. Decide and do it. But what's important here to recognize is that it's your decision. You're still allowing yourself permission to be part of the process by deciding for yourself? Or do you want this to be when you find your voice, learn to love yourself right where you are, decide to stay yes to fun, take control of your everyday life, support your health, make memories? This is what I did. I did not want cancer to be my identity. I did not want cancer to tell me what I could and couldn't do. I did not want cancer to take away my joy and rob me of the time that I had. I found aspects of myself that I didn't even know existed deep down inside me. I did the work that was required of me by my medical team, but when it was my time, when it was my time outside of the doctor's office, I did everything I could. We had mandatory family fun days where our teenage sons spent the day with us doing fun stuff, making memories. I traveled when I could. The weekend before my lung surgery, I was in a bar in Halifax, Nova Scotia at my high school reunion. Now, I wasn't drinking, but I was dancing and I was having the best time, making memories. I went to London and Paris with my husband, who's an airline pilot. I look at the pictures now and see how tired and thin I was, but that didn't stop me. I was making memories. Now, I know that not everybody's going to be able to do that, but you're going to be able to do that in your own way. I wanted to be a cancer thriver, and so I did things big and small that were meaningful to me, things that lifted me up, things that brought our family together, things that taught me more about myself in one year than I had learned in the previous 43 years. I embraced this as an opportunity to be and to grow because my instincts told me that when I was able, I needed to be living, not sitting passively watching the days float by. I want you to think about how you view yourself. What thoughts do you have about where you are right now and where you want to be? What thoughts do you have about how you feel about yourself? How you view yourself is part of that navigating the brain piece. Remember, it's going to try to insert sneaky thoughts to keep you safe. But you can learn to manage your thoughts. You can make decisions that come from your heart and from your instincts, big or small. 
Are you going to let yourself allow or submit? Or are you going to lean into trusting yourself to make choices that fill you up and allow you to support yourself in your life outside the doctor's office? This is part of being part of the process. You get to decide. Beginning January 9th, my new group coaching program, Thrive Together, will open its doors to you and others like you who need a space to learn and grow, to be in community with others who get it, and to get support from an experienced cancer support coach and cancer survivor. If you are ready to get the support you need, if you are ready to explore a different way of living life with cancer, if you are ready to feel understood without having to explain yourself, then you are ready to thrive together. I want you to believe with all your heart that you can do things, bring in practices, change your mindset, whatever it takes to truly believe that you can support yourself every single day. Does this take work? Of course it does. But this is the most important work that you will ever do. And it can start with building a healing relationship with a community, with a cancer coach, and with yourself. Don't wait for the right moment. Now is the time. You get to be exceptional. Registration is now open and I would love to see you in the Thrive Together community. I will put the link to learn more and to register in the show notes. And you can also find it at www.katherinewhite.coach. Thank you so much for being here today. I hope you have a beautiful rest of the day. And may you live your life to your fullest, follow your heart, and thrive in all you do.